Well, as if there's not enough going on already for the provincial government, there's an update coming on the finances of the province this morning. Vaughn Palmer with us now to talk more about that. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right. So I have a feeling there'll be a lot of questions about the upcoming bill for what happened in the last week here in our province. Yeah, really only one question. (laughs) Solicitor General Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth, as you know, was asked last week, uh, how much is it going to cost to fix all this and put things back to right? And he said, an awful lot. And that's probably the executive summary at this point. But yes, Finance Minister Selena Robinson giving us the update. Uh, so it's the first uh, it's the first serious update we've had on provincial finances since September. We get these every three months, so it'll tell you where we stand. But looking forward, yeah, the big question is going to be how much room to move do we have to put the highways back, to build up the dikes, to fix all the other problems and just maintain programs. The the one positive thing that you have to say about it, Simi, is that the New Democrats inherited, when they came to office, a good financial position. Whatever else you think of the Liberals, they'd kept the the debt relatively low, the share of revenues going to pay interest was low, the economy was strong, and... To the credit of the NDP, they've mostly maintained that. So we have room to move. The reason, you know, you try to manage your finances and keep the debt down is so when really tough times comes along, you can afford it. And I think we've seen through the pandemic that British Columbia could afford to spend a lot more money to deal with and manage the pandemic. And I think going forward, what we will see is that there is also room to borrow and build up infrastructure. And I think you'll also hear with Parliament sitting in Ottawa that Ottawa will be there to help as well. So it's not as bad as the fiscal situation in most Canadian provinces, and there is room to deal with it. I don't think anybody's going to complain either, right, if this is the thing that you have to spend money on. No, I think you're right. They may have to to change some priorities, right? I mean, they've been spending a lot of money on on projects already and things, so they may have to change some priorities. Um, The other thing is that the one thing about infrastructure spending in British Columbia, roads, bridges, dams, dikes, all of that kind of work, uh, public buildings and everything – Uh, A lot of that money is spent here in British Columbia. The workforce is here. A lot of the raw materials are here. The companies that do the work are mostly here. So, you know, it's, it's stimulus spending. It's spent here in B.C. And as long as you don't go too far overboard, and, you know, that'll be the issue, you can actually get some payback on doing it. So, you know, we may actually hear more stories about shortage of skilled trained workers in the months ahead than we will hear shortage of money to pay them. Okay, but also there's some other things, right, that the government has to look out for, uh, especially budget-wise. Yes. I mean, they were on a program to take the budget back to pre-pandemic British Columbia's operating budget was balanced. 
We were borrowing a lot of money for infrastructure and paying for it over time. But the operating budget, the taxes raised, programs paid for, was in balance. The New Democrats had inherited that from the Liberals and they maintained it. Well, obviously, we're now into a huge operating deficit. The goal was to start shrinking that and get back to balancing in the operating statements over the next half dozen or so years. Probably this will be a setback for that, and that will be a struggle going ahead. The other thing that you're going to hear from the government is that all of the contracts for people working in the public sector, so nurses, doctors, teachers, public servants, all of them, pretty much everything expires next year, so it's a bargaining year. Of That's course, never pretty in British Columbia. No, it's not, Simi. And with inflation, you know, I think in the past, public sector workers have been sort of content with uh, what we're seeing as relatively modest pay increases by public sector terms. I think this time you're going to hear a lot more from the unions that they're going to need an increase just to stand in one place because for the first time, inflation is back. So it could be a tough bargaining year. Usually the government is looking for a, a deal that'll last three or four years to get them through the next electoral cycle. And I don't know as though any bargaining has started yet, even though all the contracts expire on the 31st of March. Pretty much everything, except the school districts, those expire at the end of June. Okay, so that's going to be a big thing there too. Will there also be some questions today, do you think, about what's going on with this coastal gasoline pipeline situation? Yeah, I think that'll be in the House. So it's the last week of the session. Uh, be a question period this afternoon, and I think the government will be asked for some answers. I don't know as though they'll give any. Uh, that thing, uh, you know, has been going on for a long time. Uh, right at the time of the start of the pandemic, the New Democrats tried to, with the federal government, to get some talks going that would take the pressure off. Did take the pressure off for a while but it's come back very serious up there, very disturbing arrests, uh, journalists in custody, and it doesn't look as if the government has made any really serious progress up there. There's a lot of people in that community, in the Wet'suwet'en, including a lot of leaders who support the project, but there's enough opposed to it that it has prevented serious work being done on the pipeline uh, for the last two years. So there's a section of the pipeline. The pipeline goes all the way from uh, the northeast to Kitimat, where they're building a giant LNG terminal. There's a 78-kilometer gap in the pipeline where there's no pipe been laid at all, and I don't see the plan that will get it done. So I don't know how it's going to go on this. You do wonder. They've got time. The line doesn't have to be finished until 2023 because the terminal won't be up and running until then. But uh, this is getting to be a serious threat to one of the largest infrastructure projects, foreign investments in development in Canadian history. So the stakes are rising on this all the time. And there's a lot of question about why these two journalists were detained. Yes, there are. And, you know, I, I don't know the circumstances. I've heard from other colleagues that pretty much the only way to get into that encampment to cover uh, the First Nations side of the issue is um, you need their approval. You, and and uh, I'm told you don't always get it. So, 
these people are being treated not as journalists, as by the RCMP, they're being treated not as journalists, they're being treated as, as activists. And that adds to the confusion around this issue. It's the same as the issue internationally, which is these people who are staging the protests are land defenders, and the other side of it is a significant number of members of the Wet'suwet'en First Nations saying, no, no, we support the project. So uh, it, it's, and mm. the government has tried, I'll give them that credit, they've tried just about everything uh, to negotiate, to find a way through federal and provincial government. But you look at this standoff and you look at the statements that came out over the weekend, it's pretty hard to point to any progress that's been made. Uh, you know we had a highway uh, sympathy, sympathy blockade. There's been one in Toronto. There's been on one on the rail lines. There was one on the Pat Bay Highway here in Victoria over the weekend. Yeah. So, And the legislature's been warned, the government's been warned by its own provincial security officer to prepare for more protests. So uh, this is... Not over. It, it's it's like, the, like the government needed another problem on its plate. No I'm kidding. All right, Ron, thank you. Bye-bye, Cindy.